0: Jesus said, Let your light shine before others so that they may see your good works and give glory to your Father who is in heaven. Every good endeavor is a gift from God, Here on Faith Marketplace Radio, you'll be inspired, equipped, and encouraged in your work as you hear business leaders share how their faith impacts their work. Joining us every Saturday at noon on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life. For Faith Marketplace Radio, here are your hosts, Bob Lambert and Jennifer Villarreal. Hey,
1: welcome back to Faith Marketplace every Saturday here noon at 1 o'clock. And joining me in studio is my wonderful co-host, Jennifer Villarreal. Hello, hello. Hello, hello. And she's got special things. Oh, we got so much stuff we're going to tell you guys about today. And our special guest in studio today, it's going to blow you away. So get ready. Strap yourself in. We're going to have a great show today. What are yeah.
2: we going to tell them today? Well, you know what? We want to give a special shout out and thank you to E-Biz Universe, Thomas Bibi Varghese. He has just been amazing. You guys need to go check his uh, website out, eBizUniverse.com. They're an award-winning digital marketing firm here. Here in Chicago that helps clients nationwide to get business through excellence in lead generation, SEO, social media marketing, and of course, website design and development. Their clients love them. Check them out on their website. Again, that's evisuniverse.com and see for yourself the awesome testimonials and award-winning services.
1: Wow. Well, Jen, you know, we have somebody really special for us today, particularly with the initiative that we have launched, which you've done a wonderful job, and we've got a big community of people. We're going to tell a lot of people about what's to, how God's really working with this whole thing. But we also had the privilege of meeting this young gentleman uh, mm-hmm. at the first launch of Conversational Apologetics. Yeah. And I'd like to welcome Alex McElroy and Alex is a very special guy. He's not only a speaker, he's an author of Blue Pimp for the Bible Basics. He's a blogger at Relentless Pursuit RelentlessPursuitOfPurpose.com. And he's also a pastor of a new church plant. And uh, he's got a real special event. And we're going to say, we're going to tease him a real special event coming up that we want to make an announcement on, right? Mm-hmm. But what we'd like to do is just let the audience know, Alex, a little bit about you and your background, buddy. What's, what's up with you?
3: Well, thank you for having me. I'm glad to be here. Um, I know we'll get into a lot of the details, so I'll just say that uh, I am an apologist, which sounds like a big, fancy word, <laughs> but we'll get into the details of what that is, sure. and I'm glad to be here. Thank but, it,
2: you. but it doesn't mean that you apologize for Absolutely things,
3: right? Not. <laughs> <laughs> Absolutely not. Thank I'm also uh, a husband, 10 years, um, and... Father to two young girls, um, four and seven, who keep you me busy. You are blessed, dude. <laughs> oh, you are blessed. I stand alone as the only man in the home. <laughs> yeah, so it's good. And, sometimes, and, and, I,
1: <laughs> and I know I'm going. You're going to get points for this, but you did marry up, right? I did. Yeah, you're, you're Way over your pay grade, from way what I understand. Way over my pay grade. And she's wonderful.
3: You were telling me about it. And, and you have mine, Diane Ray. She's what? What does she do for me? She's an assistant principal at a high school. Where? We'll so. Pray for her. In the in, city, in, in Chicago. City. Right. Yes. Yeah. And, you know, we lured you away from the East Coast, didn't we? Because where did yeah. you grow up? Tell the folks where you grew up. I was born in D.C., and then I grew up in Maryland and Virginia. Mm-hmm. Um, went to school at the University of Virginia, and at the end of uh, college. I knew I wanted to be in a city, just didn't know which one. I did an assignment in a suburb of Chicago, and then I fell in love with Chicago, so I'm well, here. What's not to like here in Chicago, right? What's not right? To like. <laughs> <I love
2: it. laughs> Besides the weather, come Besides,
3: on. <laughs> well, hey, he was
1: out in California on assignment. He had assignments yeah. on, was it Texas or someplace yeah, like else? Or Oklahoma, I don't know. He was telling me about this world traveling, and then he settled in Chicago. Yeah. So he just picked it, and he said he could go
2: anywhere. Yeah. And he picked yep. Chicago. Well, I'm glad you're here, Alex. Um, why don't you tell us a little bit more about why you're passionate about the work that you do?
3: So I'm passionate about apologetics um, for several reasons. Number one, I've, I've been in youth ministry for close to 15 years now and discipling so many kids, walking with them in their faith journey, and then now seeing the statistics that show 65% roughly of these young people walk away from the faith when they get to college or through college. And it's just something I can't live with. And so I've, I've sought training by the best apologists in the country um, for the last several years, and now I wanna take that information to people who don't have the information and try to reverse that trend. Not alone, but I'm going to yeah. do my part.
2: Well, let's pause there for a second okay. and fill people in on what apologetics is to begin with. Okay. <laughs> yes,
3: I know we've been talking about this word, but there's you know definitions that are needed. So apologetics is kind of a fancy word. It basically means the ability to defend your faith, often with non biblical evidence. So if somebody doesn't take the Bible as authoritative, you might not want to start by quoting Scripture. Not that Scripture is bad. I love Scripture and I'm in it every day, but using scientific evidence, historical, archaeological, philosophical evidence to show that God is real, that the Bible is true, and we can prove it. And it gives substance to our faith if you're already in the faith, but it also, I've seen a lot of people who are not in the faith be convinced, um, not just with good arguments, but by literally being able to see this is not just my claim, this is a true claim,
2: right. Well, you mentioned a couple of words there. Um, so number one, arguments. Let's define what that means, too, because I know we're we're using some terms here that we're used to yeah. uh, when we dive into apologetics, you know, defend arguments. can you Can you break that down for us a little bit?
3: Yes. Yeah, so, one thing I have to talk to a lot of pastors about, um, especially if they're don't they not familiar with apologetics, 1 Peter 3.15 says, always be ready to give a defense for the hope that is in you with meekness and a good conscience. So in the original Greek, that word to give a defense is the word apologia. That's where we get apologetics from. So mm. it's not a new, th- I didn't make it up. <laughs> Some people are like, Did, I thought you made up a, po- no, I didn't make it up. It's been a command literally since the beginning of the church, but with meekness and a good conscience. So it's not to beat people over the head with your facts. It's not to um, badger people into believing, which doesn't work anyway. Mm -hmm. It is simply we're presenting a case, much like a lawyer. And at the end of that, you can decide where the evidence best points to.
2: Yeah. So give us just really briefly an example of when somebody would encounter something like this. And we'll dive into that more later in the show, Mm -hmm. but just a brief example so people can envision that. When they
3: would encounter something like an opportunity to use this? Okay. Mm -hmm. So um, if somebody comes to you and says, I don't believe in God or I don't believe Jesus is the son of God. So that is a that's an opening. And this could happen at work. This could happen in your family. This could happen a lot of different places. I look at it as I'm always training. I don't usually know what for, but when the when the when the topic comes up or when someone I was at the gym on the basketball court and I overheard a guy saying something, I was like, Ah I could let it slide, but no. Mm-hmm. <laughs> but I engage and by the end of that conversation now he's he might be coming to our church. No. Oh, he wow. was talking about he was a Muslim, but he wasn't. He was just saying that as a smokescreen and so Because I had good answers and it was a non-combative way and it was a a non-confrontational, I simply was willing to have a conversation with him. Mm -hmm. And I think what you guys are doing with conversational apologetics, that's the key. It's conversational. If there's not a if it's not a dialogue it's a monologue
2: yeah and yeah. let's let's also just real quickly let people know there's two different events going on so we're going to share mm-hmm. with you about a conference that Alex is putting together coming up in May right yes. mm-hmm. called the Proof for the Truth Conference yes <laughs> and then we have with Carl KJ Johnson I don't know why we. his name is just KJ it's Carl right. Johnson but we, <laughs> and he's uh, the director of C.S. Lewis Institute in Chicago and he right. also works with Robbie Zacharias uh, International Ministries right Yep. and so Bob Bob and I are putting together this conversational apologetics group that meets in person and virtually. And just make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224-404-1988. Text us with the keyword faith and we'll send you more info on that group and it's meeting up, you know, throughout the next few months virtually and in person.
1: Yeah. Hey, listen, real quickly. You have a personal story we kind of skipped over of exactly this because of the woman you married, right? Yes. And, and you told me out in the green room about that, and, and God played a miracle right in front of you. So yes. this has gotta be a bit of how passionate you are about this, right? Yeah,
3: it is. Um, I'll give the, the brief version. Yep. Um, so we met in college. Uh, she was an atheist. Mm-hmm. I was sorta of kind of a Christian. Uh, we won't get into that part of it. Mm-hmm. But I was not a great ambassador, long story short. So I come to Chicago. She ends up coming to Chicago later. And we, um, this, at this point, God is kind of pulling me back to him. But then I have a struggle internally about, this is not gonna work in a marriage format where I believe one thing, she believes another thing, especially we bring kids into the picture. Now the struggle is, I, gotta, I wanna be obedient to God, so I am come to the conclusion, I have to let her go. So I literally said, we sat down, I said, I love you, but I have to let you go. I love you, but I love God more. Fast forward again, I'm in a service in church, pastor's preaching. It feels like I'm the only one in the room. He's talking about different ones who he thought might be his wife. They weren't. So I said, okay, let me give God a chance, uh, you know, kind of last resort. <laughs> Instead of plan B, you decide
1: to go All plan right? A with God, right?
3: <laughs> I asked her, does she want to come to church? She, to my surprise, she said yes. And we walk in the title of the service on the bulletin. It says, I love you, but I have to let you go. Whoa. I said, I love you so much. I'm willing to let you go. Um, so we're looking at each other. I'm like, w- I don't even know what to say. She doesn't know what to say. We're speechless. She's in tears by the end of the service. She comes week after week after week. Maybe four or five weeks later, and then she gets up, she walks, and she gets saved.
2: Wow! Wow! Isn't that something?
3: That's amazing. so he's had the experience of it firsthand
1: because she's even said, you know, in, in her family, she comes from a family of atheists, yes. And so she even said that he knew intellectually what the you know, how to present everything, but it
3: wasn't hitting, right? Right. Well, so at that time, I had never known about apologetics Mm. and so this is that was part of the problem i knew i was right but i didn't know how to say it Mm. right and you should never lose when you have the truth on your side yeah so that's really powerful that is powerful
1: that is really powerful you know, when we come back, I, I wanted to get into a little bit, Alex, of, uh, and this is one case of it, but the challenges. Because uh, you've had this walk in this faith and the work that you're doing. Uh, you've left a career, you're doing some other things, you know, and we want to get into that kind of thing. But we also want to know uh, what you're seeing out there as far as the challenges in the marketplace and in, in the areas that you get into uh, as to what's going on out there. Because you kind you, you of can get this worldly view and the media beaten up and all this other kind of stuff. But I got to tell you, I'm terribly excited about some of the things I'm seeing out there. And yeah. I hope you are, too. So, yes.
3: But we're, when we come back, we're going to get into that. So,
2: Yeah. And, Alex, when is the conference?
3: It is May 3rd and 4th. Mm-hmm. Uh, all day on that Saturday, just the evening on that Friday, you can go to proofforthetruth.org. To find out more information got some great speakers coming in and the videos up there too.
2: Yeah and we're gonna actually give all of our listeners a chance to win a pair of tickets and this is a great value that you're giving and it's also affordable so you can go out there and get your tickets even if you don't win and then everybody who texts us is also gonna get a video by Alex so make sure you text us 224-404-1988 with the keyword proof and you'll be entered to win.
1: Guys, hang in there. We're going to be right back with Alex McElroy.
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, welcome back to Faith Marketplace. I'm Bob
1: Lambert with my co-host Jennifer Villarreal. And In case you missed the first segment, we're back here with today's guest, Alex McElroy, and he's got. A whole, he's an author. He's a speaker. He's a preacher. I mean, on and on the list goes. What this guy does, you know, who nobody knows, but he, he does it all. Hey, listen, we left off the segment with some of the challenges and some of the things you're seeing out there. You know, as you're traveling around and you do this speaking and you're you're preaching and, and getting into everything, what
3: are you seeing out there in the marketplace? Um, challenges in the world of apologetics or in the, in that kind of arena. Yeah. A lot of people so our society has become so pluralistic mm-hmm. that a lot of people are struggling with the friends they have the people they know quote-unquote good people not saying they're not good people but mm-hmm. we can parse that word out later and wondering you know why can't kind of all roads lead to heaven or why can't all things be equally valid and the thing is you know, this is not my opinion. The way truth works by definition is that it's singular. Truth by definition is singular. That's not, that's just the nature of truth. When you go to court and they say, what's the truth? They don't want your version. They want <laughs> the actual truth, right. um, which is not always what they get. So being able to, so a lot of the, the, the talks I do, I did a three day youth retreat in Denver at the end of the year for a youth group. And the whole first Day or the first talk was just about how do we assess truth? How do we determine truth? What is truth? Can we figure out what truth is? Because if we can't assess what truth is, then we really can't do any of this. Mm-hmm. But is truth um knowable in the first place? Now, I think to a large degree it is. There's some stuff we won't know, and mm-hmm. if we knew everything, we'd be God. Right. So I think that's an unrealistic standard to to hold to. But teaching people, even my my seven year old, I teach her apologetics on her level. Mm-hmm which is more about how do you assess truth? Mm. How do you look for evidence? Does this make logical sense or not? Mm-hmm. Okay, Interesting.
2: And in case somebody missed what apologetics is, we're going to have to keep repeating that definition and explaining okay. what that is. So can you just fill in yes. our listeners just in case they missed the first segment?
3: Sure, no problem. It is the uh, the branch of theology concerned with the accurate defense of the faith through non-biblical evidence such as scientific, historical, archaeological Philosophical evidence
2: in mm-hmm. defending the the faith doesn't mean hitting people over the head with just scripture <laughs> yeah, right. or being really forceful. We're doing that with love and in conversationally yep. Yep. as well. Correct. Yeah, yep. always
3: lovingly. And, yep.
2: and yes, and truth. And truth. truth. <laughs> yeah. So, Alex, why don't you share with us how you incorporate faith in work? What does that mean to you?
3: So, it, well, in my work now, it's there's no way not to do it. But even in when I was in uh, insurance and financial services. Um, you know, we can talk a lot about ethics. And I actually heard uh, Robbie Zacharias uh, say this in a talk one time about how a certain professor at a certain university, we won't name, was talking about how they don't teach ethics anymore. And he said, well, isn't it interesting how you teach them all these things, they go into the business world, they make mistakes of an ethical nature, and then you send them to prison. (laughs) Well, shouldn't you send the professor to prison too? I mean, it, it just seems like a... Uh, a lose-lose situation. So ethics are, has its root or its base in morality. Mm-hmm. And so if we can't identify an objective moral standard, then our ethics is always going to be shifting. And for me, there's a lot of stuff, and I think for everybody, but in the insurance industry, financial industry, there's a lot of ethical potential violations. Right. Um, I am governed or I was governed by, you know, SEC and all these different organizations, but there's things everyone knows they can get away with. Mm -hmm. And so I have to determine, or I had to determine in my own heart, is this something that I'm willing to risk? Because it's not about the governmental organization that's watching me. It's about God for me. Mm -hmm. So I was actually sitting in a, now it's mandatory after the um, Madoff situation to have like three hours of ethics for your continuing education. And I was sitting in there and, and that was one of the comments I made. I answered a question. They liked my answer. I was like, for me, um, I have a higher standard that everything you're saying falls under, but I don't need you to tell me that. Mm-hmm. And I didn't say it like that, but I'm I'm saying we all should be governed in whatever profession we're in by a standard that supersedes any law or regulation.
2: Mm. Got it. That's so good.
3: It's a good way to walk it. And you were in a highly
1: regulated industry. Very, even yeah. even there, there, as we know, there's been many issues. Right? Absolutely. And ethical
3: lapses, I guess <laughs> they call them. Yeah, we'll call it that. Yeah. <laughs>
1: Do you have a life first? Yeah, because, I mean, I you're into the Bible a lot, yes. so I, um, I know
3: it's a difficult one. I have several. Um, one, Joshua 1 and 8, um, that I pray every day, um, that may this book of the law be in your heart, meditate on this day and night, and then you shall be prosperous and successful. Mm. There's a lot of if-then statements in the Bible, and even in what Jesus talks about. We always, we often, I won't say always, often look at the the good part of the Scripture but not the responsibility part. Um, so I want my thinking to be based upon the scriptures first, and then I will be prosperous and successful. Um, we have a scripture in Romans chapter eight, it talks about um, all things work together for the good, yep. um, for those that lo- for those <laughs> mm-hmm. that love God. So we just throw that at people sometimes, but wait, do you love God? How does God define if you love him or not?
2: Well, were you always this way? Were you always in the word? Absolutely Did you not. grow up like <laughs> this? Okay. So do you mind sharing just oh, a little bit? Oh, We don't have enough time.
3: Uh, so, you know, I shared with Bob a little bit about my... my t- I, the brief version is I went off the deep end, late high school, definitely all throughout college, um, very into drugs. I, I was an alcoholic. There's no other way to really say it. Um, mm-hmm. Yeah. And everything else that comes with those things. And mid 20s, I could feel God pulling me back to him. And that is also kind of where the intersection came with uh, my now wife and the the, the struggle in my mind of now I'm right with God, but now this doesn't work. Mm -hmm. And that led into that whole situation. But no, I was definitely not always like this at all yeah Um, but it
2: probably helps you to be able to relate and have a passion for serving the youth right and so we're going to talk a little bit more about that proof for the truth conference that's coming up especially geared towards millennials so proofforthetruth.org make sure you go check that out but alex are any words of wisdom that you would have given your younger self that we can fit into the next couple minutes i'm sure there's a lot of words i I think he's got a book
3: about it i I do have a book but doesn't have words of wisdom um Words of wisdom, be patient, which I still struggle with. So I can, that's a, not a word of for youth, <laughs> that's now too. Um, I believe, so I, I guess I'm more known now for the apologetics, but I write a lot about purpose. I talk a lot about purpose. I do speak on purpose, not on purpose. I speak about purpose. Um, <laughs> and on purpose. And on purpose. I don't do it accidentally. But um, the most important homework assignment you can do is on yourself. I think... We're told a lot of times, as we grow up especially, and and not even with bad intentions, your parents want the best for you, but God puts your purpose in you, not your parents. And because of that, only really he can direct it. Mm -hmm. I think sometimes what happens later in our, sometimes our 20, 30, 40s, we realize, man, I really don't like what I'm doing. Not that you're in a bad place in life, but there's something else that you felt a passion for, a purpose in your life that now you're wishing you could do but you gotta pay bills, and, and so those things come up. But if we're able to kinda connect the dots of our life, if I go back now, I can see how God was preparing me to be an apologist um, at a very young age. Yeah, mm-hmm. um, I was asked, my teacher said, you should join the debate team, I was in ninth grade. I had never heard of a debate team. Mm-hmm. She's like, oh, you speak well, you should, you'll like it. I did like it, I went out, I tried, I won mm-hmm. some competitions. Mm-hmm. It's very useful in apologize. Yeah, no kidding. I was just going to say, that was some nice training, you know? Um, and so, you also have a gift. Your God gave you a gift. And he gave exactly. He gave me a gift. He gives different people different gifts. And yep. sometimes, especially in our social media society, we look online, like, oh, I want to be like that but maybe he didn't call you to be like
2: that. Right. And then
3: you spend all your effort and energy trying to be like someone else instead of being your best self. Yeah. You know, it's obvious there's been things that happened in your life, but there's got to be some people that have been inspired, inspiring you and also been influential in life. Who are those? Yes. So, in the world of apologetics, uh, most people have heard of Ravi Zacharias. You just mentioned KJ who works Mm -hmm. for RZIM. I've trained at RZIM a little bit and served with them. I listen to him uh, definitely weekly, probably more than that. And the way... Not just his knowledge, I, I've always said, I want his memory. If I can, yeah. mm-hmm. can yeah. tell him, <laughs> right. I, I mean, he's quoted whole songs and poems, anyway. You
2: guys, if you don't know who he is, just Google just him, Ravi Zacharias, R-A-V-I. Just yes. type in that name, yes. in Zacharias, and it'll come up even if you don't know how to spell it. Yes, it'll <laughs> come up
3: on YouTube everywhere. Yes. So the way he engages with people, he always says that behind every question is a questioner. Right. And that has that has really shaped how I engage with people. Um, and then my mom, and I know that sounds cliche, but I'll, I'll, I'll explain. Um, so she, my mom passed away last year mm. um, in September. And growing up, she was my anchor in faith. And, mm-hmm. and bef- when I was going off the deep end, she was the, the praying mom in, in every sense of the word. But she developed an eye condition the last eight to 10 years of her life. Um, and we think probably the amount of medication she went on had something to do with her demise. Mm. But if you only talk to her on the phone, you would never know she had an issue mm. Mm. because her faith was strong to the very last moment. She encouraged wow. me. Like I felt bad ever complaining because <laughs> I'm like, man, she, she, it left her almost blind. Yeah. And she had full hope, full faith. She trusted God. She never wavered. Wow. 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 Beautiful. And I, and I don't think I can ever be like that. Well, that's great. God sends you what you need, doesn't
1: he? Yes. Huh? Needs a strong mom. Yes. <laughs> yes. Keep you on the right path. Kind of cuff you around when you start getting off the path, right? <laughs> she did that yeah. too. Yeah. yeah. Well, it.
2: you know, before we wrap up here, I just want to remind people to make sure that you go check out ProofForTheTruth.org. And you can also text us here at the studio to 224 224- 4041988 with the keyword proof and you're going to be entered to win a pair of tickets for this uh, apologetics conference and Alex is going to talk more about that when we come back and everybody that texts us is going to receive a video by Alex called no such thing as average and it basically is going to dive into how everyone is unique and has a purpose and he ties in apologetics there too right yes so um and the conference is going to be in Chicago right where about
3: yeah. It is in Hummel Park neighborhood um, at New Life Covenant Church, and uh, yeah, May third and fourth, the evening of May third, all day May fourth, we'll have workshops this year. If you came last year, it's going to be much better, much bigger, um, much more time to engage with individual apologists as well.
2: Yeah, and you're talking like 300 people or so, right? That might be yes. there. Okay, uh, you guys got to get on that
1: train. <laughs> Those tickets are going like hotcakes. You got to get in early. Hey, we're going to be right back in our next segment again with Alec McElroy. Uh, He is an author, he's a speaker, he's a blogger but most of all he is on fire for the Lord and he's helping people understand how they can go out and defend their faith and have a conversation with people about
0: being a Christian. This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio.
2: Welcome back. It's Jennifer Villarreal with my co-host Bob Lambert and our special guest today, Alex McElroy. He is an apologist, and if you don't know what that means, make sure you stay tuned. We're going to talk more about that. And he is leading a conference that's coming up um, that's going to be great for millennials, even high schoolers, and even you listening, whatever age you are, make sure that you go to ProofforTheTruth.org. Alex, why don't you just fill us in real quick? about the conference, okay. when it is,
3: who it's for. All right. So May 3rd and 4th, um, it was birthed last year. I just saw a need in in this city, um, especially in the urban env- environment. And so I want to do it again this year. But I really want to target high schoolers, college kids, because um, they're the ones facing these questions, and they're the ones at risk of walking away. But I think parents should come with their kids mm-hmm. because you're the first line of defense. And when they when they have a question, hopefully they ask you, but they may not. But even if they don't ask you initially, they're going to ask you some stuff afterwards. So it's good for everybody to come and learn, get some some ways to answer questions, get some information that you may not have known.
2: And ways to answer questions about your faith.
3: About your faith. Mm-hmm. Um, there, there's a myth that is in our schools that it's science versus faith, and that's, that's a lie. So... Schools are teaching one thing, and and this is not to knock all schools, but we need to clarify, I can teach a science lesson without quoting any scripture, and it'll still point to God. Mm -hmm. So if they really want to teach... Everything, teach Mm -hmm. everything and let the kid figure out where it points to instead of telling them where it points to.
2: Well, that's really good. We're going to get into some of those questions in just a moment, but I want to make sure all of our listeners text us. That number is 224-404-1988. Use the keyword proof, and you're going to be entered to win a pair of tickets to this conference, and everybody who messages us is going to get a video done by Alex. It ties in apologetics as well as um, what your unique purpose is, and the title of that video is called No Such Thing As Am
1: yeah hey you know uh, one of the f- fun things we do on the show and we always uh, try to get our guests because you know we see you guys and we hear you and all your credibility and all that stuff but there's always some kind of a fun and surprising things that our guests will come out
3: with so what would that be for you um i i so i have two girls two mm-hmm. daughters and uh, I take them to school every day, okay. so that means I'm responsible for doing their hair in the morning. And how old, how old are they? <laughs> Four and seven. Um, I'm pretty good. Yeah. So, so mom sets it up at night, and she, she does the washing on the weekends and everything, and uh, I'm, you know, sometimes she'll braid. I'm like, why are you doing that? I can't do that in the morning, but <laughs> I can do one pony, two ponies, <laughs> uh, a bun, a couple buns. You know, if it's, if it's laid the right way, I can, I can, I can redo I it, it, it pretty well. So I love I'm it. getting good and quicker.
2: Yeah, that's good. That's good. We want to see some of those photos. <laughs> you post them exactly. on your Facebook page. I don't. There you go. <laughs> oh, you got, <laughs> you're not there yet. <laughs> Well, Alex, why don't you tell us some of the questions that people have? We we alluded to that at the beginning of the segment that people may have when it comes to apologetics. Yeah. What are some of those questions?
3: Uh, the, the range is so wide. I think um, one question that everybody at some point in their life has the question of what is the purpose of life or, or does life have meaning? Mm-hmm. Yep. So as far as the purpose, I never tell a person what their purpose is. I have questions I ask that helps you uncover what that might be. But before we even get to purpose, if life has no meaning, there is no purpose. Right. The question then is, can we root meaning in something? Mm-hmm. Now, if we're coming from an atheist framework, if it's just time plus matter plus chance, if we're just a cosmic accident, if we're just moist robots, as, as they say, if Richard Dawkins uh, has said, we're just dancing to the tune of our own DNA. If that's true, then we have no more value than this table or this chair. That may be the way that it is, but I think every person listening, no matter what your religious viewpoint, doesn't believe that's true. Mm-hmm. And including probably Richard Dawkins, because mm-hmm. if he felt that way, he would stop just caring about everything. Right. But so then the question is how do we how do we tie a meaning? So I'll do this real quick. There's a thing I kind of came up with that if there is no value, there is no meaning, if there is no meaning, there is no hope. Value can only be determined by one or two people, the creator of a product or the purchaser of a product. So whatever product you think of, you say, I'm going to the store to buy these shoes. They cost $100. Okay, good. If they cost $1,000, I'm not going to buy it. It's not worth that. Only in the Christian worldview are the purchaser and the creator the same person. Mm. We've been redeemed. We've been bought back at a price by who? By our creator. Which means only in a Christian worldview can we even begin to talk about intrinsic worth or inherent value. So if there is no value, we can't even get to the second step. But in a Christian worldview, we have a way to frame and root value. Mm-hmm. If there's value it, that I can't give to myself, then life can have meaning and does have meaning, especially if the one who gave you that value is the source of all meaning. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. So outside of a Christian framework, I don't know how anyone gets to the point of value. I think a lot of people assume the end, but they can't justify it from the beginning of their worldview. Right. So they have their feet uh, firmly planted in midair, as they say. <laughs> mm-hmm. Mm-hmm.
2: So then, so is the conference for somebody who's kind of on the the line with their faith? And is it also for people who um, do have a strong faith but want to speak to those who are borderline or non-believers?
3: Yes, it's for both. And and it's for both for, I want to, to have an evangelistic aspect to it. So there there needs to be, for all of us, whether it's in your, in your workplace or wherever you are, there should be something about you or about your lifestyle that is reaching out to those who don't believe. But all of us can grow in our faith. The, mm-hmm. I always tell people the more I learn, the more I read the Bible, the more I feel like I know nothing. Right. So it has the opposite effect. I, the more I study, it's like, man, I've taught this before, but I miss this. Mm-hmm. Um, so we should always be growing. And if you feel like you know it all, that's the person I worry about. Because <laughs> <Yeah, right. laughs> mm-hmm. mm-hmm. you don't ever know it all. But you, you got to have... Uh, a, a way to augment your faith mm-hmm. and to provide better answers because the questions aren't going anywhere. Right. You, you know you've been doing this a while, Alex. And
1: wh- what do you see the most pervasive reason is why Christians don't share their faith?
3: Yeah. So I, I was uh, when I was prepping my team for this next conference, I was doing research, and there was a Pew Research study, and it showed a group called religious nuns—not nuns like a Catholic nun, mm-hmm. but N O N E—that they are just not attached anymore. Mm-hmm. And they were once Christian or or, or Christian um, going Christian church going, and the reason that they cited when when given the ability to write their own answer in it was it pointed back always to some form of intellectual skepticism. Mm-hmm. So we can talk about church hurt, we can talk about um, this pastor that mm-hmm. those things play a role, but at the end of the day, that doesn't make somebody walk away from the faith. They might leave a church, mm-hmm. but it comes back to somebody. They had a conversation with, and that person was able to poke a hole in something about the, the Christian faith mm-hmm. that they didn't know how to respond to. Right. And then they walked away. They said, you know, I never thought about that. Mm-hmm. That seems more true. Ah, okay. So, some form of, so there's kids in college, and there's some classes, some professors are this bold to say, if, if you're a Christian, stand up. Mm-hmm. By the end of the semester, you won't be. Mm -hmm. Now the kid has a choice. Are they going to do whatever the professor says in order to pass the class, Mm -hmm. which they want to do, or are they equipped to challenge that professor with truth? Because the professor is banking on you not having certain information. And they're not all like that. I don't want to say every professors like sure. that, but statistics do show that professors are five times more likely to be atheists than the general public.
2: Is this why you're yeah. gearing this conference towards the college students and then even high school to prep them for when they get into there, and then their parents so they're aware of this? Yes. Yeah, yeah that's really and,
1: good. Know, and, yes, and there was absolutely. A, there was a movie on this. God's yes. Not Dead.
3: Yeah. Yeah. It was a very impactful movie. And the it guy really hit that point. The one of the guys in there, Jim Warner Wallace, yeah. uh, a good friend and apologist of mine, who I've trained and I've learned a lot from him. Right. Call him from time to time when I need advice. Um, yeah, he's in that movie, and the way he came to faith, he was an atheist for much of his life. He was he is a cold case detective. He's been featured on Dateline, I think, more than any other detective. He examined the Gospels as he would based on the stand the police standards of how he how they're taught to examine eyewitness exactly. statements. Yep, and he said when I put the Gospels to the same test, they passed the test.
2: So is so. Are you guys going to incorporate some of that into this conference? Paint more of a picture for me. What the speakers are going to cover. I mean, this isn't just going to be like worshiping for you know ten hours and taking a blind leap of faith, right? Like we're diving in deep here. We're
3: going deep. So I have a guy coming, one of my friends who I train with uh, at that same place with with Jim and Frank and all the Frank Turk and all those other guys. Um, He I call him my Greek Hebrew expert. He he (laughs) speaks it like I can quote a word here and there. Yeah. He's not fluent, but he's getting there. And so he's going to do a workshop to to really parse out, okay, what does the original text actually say? Mm. And how do we know it's valid? Um, Another guy, a friend of mine, he's going to talk about the quote-unquote case for Christ. Actually, that's the book that got me into apologetics. But this is case in a different way. It's talking about this is the evidence that even the skeptics agree about. The tomb is still empty. It's empty. you got to explain it. C.S. Lewis said, I'm paraphrasing for the sake of time, you got three choices when it comes to Jesus. Whether or not a guy named Jesus lived is a, is a is a given at this point. Right. No one worth their salt says that's not true. Right. So the question is, what category do you put him in? You got three choices: liar, lunatic, or Lord. Yep. Now, if somebody says he's a liar, you got to back that claim up. Mm-hmm. If you say he's just a crazy guy, well, you got to back that up because if he did rise from the grave, he's not a crazy guy. The third option is he's Lord. Mm-hmm. If he is Lord, he deserves a response that that only the Lord gets, which is worship. So. Whatever claim somebody makes, they have to back that up. And this is what I want to say to believers. Don't feel like you have to mm-hmm. be um, on the attack. Yep. Or some, have all the answers. Or have all the answers.
2: Mm-hmm.
3: Questions do something that's great. They allow people to expose their own ignorance. Right. Ask good questions. You bet. And they'll usually trap themselves or they'll say something that's self-defeating because... A lot of times that's all they're going to be able to fall back on.
2: Well, and this is going yeah. to equip them to have that kind of conversation and also be aware of um, what can surface for them in these types of encounters because we shouldn't run away from them, right? Yeah, not at all. We're encountering people every day, whether at work or in the grocery store or whatever, where God you know, yeah. <laughs> connects us with these people and we're given this opportunity. Um, so make sure that you text us here at the studio to 224 224- with the keyword proof and you're going to be entered to win a pair of tickets for the proof for the Truth, so org. Make sure you go there to check out this conference. It's coming up Saturday, May 3rd, all day, and then in the evening on the 4th. And everybody who texts us is going to receive a video done by Alex that's tying in apologetics along with your unique purpose.
1: And listen, you're going to want to stay tuned for this next round here, because Jennifer and Alex and myself are going to roundtable a spot-on subject here, and that's, have you ever been afraid to provide moral leadership in your business? So stay tuned. We're going to be right back.
0: This is Chicagoland's place to inspire, equip, and encourage Christian business leaders. Faith Marketplace Radio. Hey, we're back here for a roundtable
1: discussion today. And the topic is, have you ever been afraid to provide moral leadership in your business? And we're here in studio with Alex McElroy. Uh, Author, a blogger, a pastor, and a speaker. So he's got lots to say about this because we were talking about earlier about some of the moral dilemmas that he faced when he was in the financial
3: service industry. So, Alex,
1: I think you probably said you had a little, maybe a story there you could share (laughs) about
3: some of those uh, dilemmas. If I go back to when I was in the mortgage industry, Mm -hmm. um, you know, part of the reason it crashed is not because of me, but, you know, there were some unethical things happening. one of my friends, where we were on the wholesale side, and he had one of his clients, which was a broker office, um, was it the ATF? One of those agencies kicked in the door of the broker. Wow. Um, to particularly get this particular loan officer. You know, for some fraud, I don't know exactly what the details were, but yeah. things were happening. And I don't even know why you needed to do fraud because it was so easy <laughs> <laughs> the way they made the guidelines in the first place. Right. Um, and then you go to insurance, and I mean, Whenever you're in sales in general, Mm -hmm. there's always the opportunity, working commission, I've always been straight commission in all my professions, there's always the possibility or the opportunity to fudge a little here, fudge a little there. Um, And the question is, will you do that or will you not? And it won't, the question is usually not decided by the the guideline or the rule. At least for me, I always would have felt bad, even if I thought about it, which I thought about it. Mm-hmm. And, you know, things cross your mind, the temptation is there, You need one more deal for this or that, but then the conscience, the, the, the Holy Spirit kicks in. And then even, I mean, I just got done doing my taxes, mm-hmm. you know, you claim this as an expense and this and that, and then you know, I'm looking at one receipt, do I claim it, do I not? Like, for me, that's always been able to guide me so I never have to worry down the line about the audit or that's, whatever. That's the right. litmus test right there. And, you know,
1: Jennifer, I know you do a lot of this, and since you've come to the Lord, it's changed your your whole practice, hasn't it?
2: Well, I was a believer before I I started my business as well. Um, But when I was in the wholesale industry or Mm -hmm. even copier sales before that, yeah, of course, I was compromising truth. You know, Mm -hmm. I I was in subprime lending. I didn't realize (laughs) what I was getting into. You know, you're paid to know the loopholes and and the guidelines. Um, But I think the biggest thing is, you know, a lot of these issues can start off small and then they mushroom. And Mm -hmm. we saw what happened. You know, our bank shut down in 2007 and then the whole economy started hitting in 2007. 2008. Um. But as far as now and and how I do things, I might be a little too honest sometimes (laughs) (laughs) when I, when I tell my clients certain things, I'm like, Oh, maybe I don't need to reveal too much, but I think that's what they appreciate about me. And also it helps me sleep well at night. I don't need to try to remember things. I don't have that great of a memory from my party days. So, you know, but I don't have to try to remember a lie. Right. right. And I love that. I like that. Just, you know, being straight. Now I can probably cushion a little bit more of how I say things, (laughs) but Hey, sometimes Sometimes that, you know, Mexican little spice comes out every now and then. And, but yeah, what about you, Bob? Yeah,
1: well, it definitely has made an impact in me in, in my life and, and when I came to the Lord because I wasn't a Christian, you know, until 18 years ago. And so uh, this. And coincidentally, that's the same time I founded the business that I'm in now. So it was really God leading into that. And as you know, the story with C12 and getting guidance there that it, it's God's business, it's not mine. I'm just mm-hmm. a steward and the caretaker of the business. Yeah. and. You know, and the Bible is the company manual. So you know, it really gets. in. It is tough because, again, to your point, when you're in sales or anything, but sales has a tendency. There's these gray areas, right? Mm-hmm. You know, it's kind of like uh, guidelines. You know, mm-hmm. so you kind of try to, you know, do the right. But right now, it's it's rock solid, and you know what the what the walk is going to be. Mm-hmm. And and um, to your point, Alex is when you stake and have to step back from that and take a pause, you know. Mm-hmm. And if you were sitting there in the in, in the judgment seat yep. as to which way is this going to go, you know, mm-hmm. um, I think that uh, at least for me, the majority of the time, I'm not going to say I'm perfect. Uh, it you know falls on the side of let's do the right thing. Yeah. So, let's do the right thing in the eyes of God and because it, that's it, the ultimate judge. It doesn't mm-hmm. always
2: have to be like this massive big thing. I mean no, think no. about how oh I want some extra post-it notes at home and you bring those. Well you didn't pay for those. Those are the companies right? right, right. Little things yep. like that. Yep. I mean I, I know I used to do that back in the day because I, I love me, like you know <laughs> office supplies and I have a huge box full of them still and I'm like oh I remember these days. Yeah
1: who used post-it notes? <laughs> <laughs> you
2: know? Now I use Trello who <laughs> yeah, uses right, exactly. post-it notes it's yeah. like electronic form but um, Alex I didn't know you were in sales previously now I understand why you were so persistent in reaching out when you were <laughs> like hey can you announce this um, conference that's coming up at your at your uh are you're gathering for the uh-huh. what, what what are we calling this conversational, conversational apologetics group? Yeah, he like starts walking up towards the front of the room. He's like, "Hey, are you going to show the video?" I'm like, "No, we don't even have Wi-Fi in here." I'm like, "Okay, fine, you can have the floor." So
3: I have it on a flash drive. This yeah, time. there yeah. you go, there
2: you go. Let's see, you're prepared. So why don't you just tell our listeners real quick about the conference? We've shared that in the previous segments, but just mm-hmm. in case somebody's just tuning in.
3: Yeah, even as we we talk about this question, one of the "quote unquote" arguments—I I don't even like to use that term—but it's called the moral argument, and it, mm-hmm. real simply, it is: Is there an objective moral law? Mm-hmm. Um, if there is, then there's an objective moral law giver, because mm-hmm. no law comes from any uh, from nowhere. So it goes back to the question of good and evil. You know, so I won't go into the details of that, but we will talk about that at the conference. But if there is an objective evil, that means there's an objective good. Mm -hmm. Everything exists through its opposite. If that's the case, then whatever that objective good is has to transcend that which it governs, which is us. So if the objective moral law or objective good comes from people, from humans, then it's going to shift. When we shift, when we have Mm -hmm. a change of mind, when we have a change of opinion, then that'll shift. Mm -hmm. And part of the problem now, even with laws, some laws, is they're not attached to a higher law. Right. Yep. So if there's 7 billion people on the planet, are we, are we going to say everybody can have their own moral law? Well, that's the point. That's what we're, <laughs> that's what we're getting to. Hey, I've got a good one for
1: you. Yes. Uh, it got an interesting reaction when I did it uh, and, uh, We could go on Zoom. But oh, uh, you talk about science, right, and okay. faith, right? So yeah. it happens to be about a bioscientist that happened to get into the whole discussion with God about you know humanity, where it came from, and all that. So he bent down, he picked up and scooped up a handful of dirt. And he says, God, with our science and what we know, I can make a human being. Hmm. There's a long pause, and God says, get your own dirt.
3: <laughs> That's good. <laughs> yeah.
1: So, there might be one that you want to take and uh, maybe use at your conference when you get to the smar- the smar- this, good. this debate back and forth about science and, and faith. Well, right? Bob
2: told this joke on our virtual <laughs> conversational apologetics meetup, uh-huh. and everybody else was muted. And so, there was no laughter whatsoever. <laughs> and Bob's face just looked, he just deflated. And so, then here I unmute myself and I said, Bob, Bob, everybody's giggling. They're laughing. You just can't hear them. So, he wants. Wanted to tell that joke again so he could yeah, get a laugh. So I could get a laugh, at least in <laughs> studio, right? Yeah, is <laughs> that is funny to get that one. Well, I want to make sure our audience text messages us and just to stay in the loop on this conference as well as the group that Bob and I are doing with KJ Johnson over at uh, CS Lewis Institute for Chicago. He also works with Ravi Zacharias. Um, at rzim and uh so make sure you text us 224 404 1988 use the keyword proof you can also use the keyword faith you can just send us emojis and tell us how much you love the show (laughs) and you want to dive into apologetics and we're going to give you um a video that Alex did. All of our listeners, we're going to give you this video on apologetics and what's unique about um, purpose, as well as everybody's going to be entered to win a pair of tickets to the ProofForTheTruth.org. Uh, make sure you go there, org. This conference, that's coming up May 3rd and 4th in Chicago.
1: Yep, absolutely. And we're excited about the conversational apologetics. Um, thank you so much, uh, Alex, that you came in on the show uh, right off the you know, kind of the runway of us getting into that whole thing. Mm. And the, the the cool part about this is that everybody's got a story. But the biggest thing, two things I see that people face in the marketplace or to, is they have fear mm. and they don't have confidence in what they believe. Yeah. And I think we're gonna really try to hit those things head on yeah. Yeah. in a way that's comfortable for people, that they don't have to be all that yeah. in a bag of chips, but Equipping them, like you said, questions, yeah. because yeah. Uh, those are powerful. Yeah. When you Absolutely. ask a good Socratic question, it really does, as you point out. Well, make sure out.
2: you stay connected to Alex. You can check him out on his website, Alex, R. McElroy, Alex McElroy, or I'm sorry, com. That's
1: right. Thank you. And we're going to be back again next Saturday, noon to 1 o'clock here in on AM 1160, Hope for Your Life with Jennifer Villarreal
0: and Bob Lambert.